Welcome to Moms on Cloud 9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermoms, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who've carved out a flexible, well-paid career in the sector, as well as also talking to employers who champion diversity and gender equality. In today's session, we're talking about creating your own success and specifically focusing on how to raise your profile in your industry. It's about being bold and taking action to raise your profile because in return, this can boost your confidence, self-esteem, credibility amongst your colleagues and your peers, as well as also support your salary and other job opportunities that come your way. So it's one of the ways that we can really help to even out the gender pay gap. To find out more about how to stand out in the crowd, I've invited Christine Marshall to join the show. Christine is a Salesforce admin for a company in Bristol, but she also spends her spare time sharing her love of Salesforce via her blog, theeverydayadmin.com, and speaking at various community events. She is now very much known within the Salesforce ecosystem, and we're delighted to have her as part of the Supermums community. Christine, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's fantastic. Thank you. It's great to have you engaged in our community for so long now. And uh, certainly feels like we're always talking to a bit of a celebrity because <laughs> you're so <laughs> well known in the sector. So it's, it's fantastic. Pleasure. Oh, thank you for taking the time. So tell us about your journey to become a Salesforce admin. Like, where did it all begin? How did you even get in, get involved in the Salesforce sector? So I'm very much your typical accidental admin, no IT background, no IT degree. I have an English literature degree and I was working in various roles, sales support and project management. And I was using a really outdated CRM tool. And I said to my boss at the time, we could really do with a new tool. And he said, that's fine. And we will. But you have to find it. You have to set it up. You have to train everyone. And I chose Salesforce, which uh, was the market leader and still is and was a really obvious choice for us and absolutely loved setting it up, loved what it could do. And after a while of doing Salesforce on the side as part of my day job, I realized that administrating Salesforce was the bit that I really loved. And I decided to transition into becoming a full-time Salesforce administrator. And now we are five years later. Fantastic. So how did you how did you get started moving into that role? Like, how did you get yourself trained up as a Salesforce admin? And did you find that you had some transferable skills that naturally sort of gave you the confidence to do the role? I did. I was very much self-taught for the first two years, um, but I found that I had quite a lot of transferable skills in that I was used to working with data and reports, although in Excel, not on Salesforce. My roles were always around sales strategy and marketing strategy. And because of that, I was used to liaising with sales teams, with management, with lots of different key stakeholders. And again, the project management side came into it. A Salesforce administrator wears so many hats that if you're used to dealing with lots of different people, then that's really beneficial for being a Salesforce administrator. So they all came in really handy. Um, And really, it was the technical side of it that was the bit I really had to learn. But I found there were so many resources out there using Google, using the answers community that I was able to learn a lot on my own. And I didn't become certified for around two years. Fantastic. And it really just shows the difference, isn't it? If you're you're in an environment where you can learn Salesforce and build it and it's something really applied, it's it's an easier way to learn, right? Because you've kind of got it I've, there and you can take the time. 
Absolutely. And I think contextually, it makes so much more sense when you're actually doing the job and you understand what it is you're trying to achieve. It all makes a lot more sense than when you're really learning it in a theoretical manner. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like because your background was sales, you were in a role that you went then and implemented Salesforce for the sales team. So you knew kind of what their priorities were and their requirements, which feels like quite a safe space. Absolutely. That's what I did with sales process. And so I knew exactly what we wanted to achieve. All I had to work out was how to do it in Salesforce. And as we know, the joy of it is it's this drag and drop tool. It's declarative. And so it was easy because I knew what I was trying to achieve. All I needed to do was set up fields and create processes. And I found that came very naturally. Absolutely. So you mentioned about being a sole admin in your organisation when we were chatting um, and that can be quite a lonely place to be because even though your whole team are getting excited about, I suppose, what the system can do for them, you know, learning Salesforce um, and the skills and everything, um, you know, how did you get more involved in the community? So when I started off, I very much used Google. I then discovered the answers community. And after a while, I started to realize that I could answer some of those questions. And it felt like the right time to start getting involved. I was always very nervous about actually going to a local event. I went once. I found it really intimidating. A lot of the people in my local community are consultants. And I felt like they knew everything. And I felt really out of place as a solo admin. So I didn't go again for almost another two years. So in the meantime, I started answering questions on the answers community, which I really enjoyed. And I felt like I was giving back and I was helping people, but without having to step outside of my comfort zone and actually meet people in real life. So following on from, you know, you didn't attend the event for a couple of years. um, How do you, you know, now you're speaking at events. So what made you jump from kind of, you know, sort of focusing your attention online to now sort of being a speaker at events how did that transition happen so I went to London's calling um, and I was absolutely blown away it was terrifying I went on my own just walking through the door was so scary and I didn't know anyone But it was my first time at a community conference, so I really didn't have any idea what to expect. And the sessions I went to were incredible. But I saw a lady speak, Jodie Miners. She was there all the way from uh, from Australia, and she spoke. And she was amazing. And I learned things that I had no idea existed. And that can really be the issue with being a solo admin, is that sometimes you become very sheltered and you're not aware of all the possibilities. So... I saw her and I thought I would like to do that for other people. I would like to teach other people and inspire other people in the same way. Awesome. So where where have you been speaking and what have you been speaking about since then? So after seeing Jodie, I submitted sessions to Inspire East in Cambridge and also to French Touch Dreaming in Paris. And I thought no chance that they'll ever get accepted. And then they did literally within a week of each other. So suddenly I was speaking at two conferences within the space of about six weeks. (laughs) Great. And what were you talking about then? What were your kind of key areas? So I spoke about how to create magic with quick actions, and it was very much focused around page layouts, how to create the best page layouts for your users that are responsive, that show the right information at the right time, because the right page layouts and the best user experience can really help increase your adoption, which is a critical issue that affects everyone. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was covering a topic that was really applicable to all of us. 
that that do administration in fact to anyone that really uses salesforce awesome brilliant so given that you told me that you had never spoken before in public particularly um and then you put yourself forward which is hugely brave and fabulous to do that and to get shortlisted how did you practice and prepare for those speaker slots to kind of calm your nerves? So, uh, as you know, I'd never done any public speaking before those events. And mm. quite often nobody talks about what they do to prepare. And I'm very happy to be really honest about it. So I don't believe in winging it. I, to feel confident, I need to feel prepared. So before all of my talks, I create my slides and then I write a script to go along with it. And I literally script everything from, hi, my name is Christine, right to the very end and then what I do is I rehearse it out loud and then I refine the script and I adjust my slides to go with it I even record myself and listen to it which is always mortifying but it really helps me pick up on things that don't flow right or things that I'm not explaining clearly enough but I don't want to sound too scripted so then I have to try and remember to slow it down to smile to breathe Um, but it's really important to me to feel prepared so that I can deliver something that's really worth listening to because people are paying to come to these conferences. Absolutely. No, I think, you know, it's spot on. I think it's really great for you to share, you know, that story and that level of prep, because I think that's what, you know, that's where the nerves come from. If you've not practiced, you've not rehearsed, you know, that's why you tend to be nervous or scared about speaking on stage quite often. It absolutely is the preparing, isn't it, and the scripting. So Absolutely. Um, and yeah. it doesn't matter what the size of the audience is. After Inspire East and French Touch, I spoke at Your Dreaming uh, and also at Salesforce World Tour in London, where the audience was huge. Um, and no matter how well rehearsed you are, you still get nervous. But at least if you have practiced, then you tend to get into the zone and it just flows from there. So how from it's amazing to see you speaking at all these different events and it's great and, and sort of be inspired around different topics you can share. So how did you get to writing your blog? How did that come about? Well, that came about from the first conference that I spoke at, Inspire East. Um, there is a fabulous member of our community, Paul Ginsberg, and he suggested that I should write a blog. And I've always loved writing. One of my favourite things about contributing on the answers community was really helping people and writing step-by-step instructions for them that were really clear and easy to follow. I love training people as part of my job. So it made sense for me to create a blog that was focused on tutorials for other admins, so real hand-holding, all the resources that you could need. I like to think of it as like a one-stop shop. What were some of the first topics that you came up with that, you know, we were talking about building your blog and your followers. Like, what did you find with your top topics to kind of entice people to read what you were writing? My first blog was about Inspire East. It seemed fitting to write that. But then after that, I decided to focus on technical issues. And they would be things that I'd struggled with in work, or they might be based on new features or useful tips that I'd picked up from online. And with my blog, I can go back and I can look at the stats and work out what's been most popular. Sometimes it's a surprise, but actually a lot of it is to do with formulas are hugely popular. There's a post on how to create a data quality progress bar. That's always one of the top posts. Mm. Uh, I wrote up a series on the lightning quick action. So the talk that I did, I created it into a five part blog post that's really popular and then other things like dashboard date filters you know little bits of functionality that people aren't so familiar with and are they coming up in google when you look at the rankings like are people typing that in google and then your page is popping up as the solution 
It does happen. And it's quite fascinating to see how people get there because the the blog does say where they've come from. Um, mm. I do find that what I do is I share them and I share them across my social media and I share them on the community. And I find that most of my of my clicks come from me sharing my posts on Twitter. So I do have to put myself out there and keep sharing them to get that sort of audience in. And then other yeah. times it's because people have done keyword searches on things like the date filters or quick actions and my blog posts will come up there as well. So you've got your followers from different sources by the sounds of it. Um, Twitter yeah. is quite a, a, one of the popular social media channels, particularly within the Salesforce sector. So how have you developed your profile on Twitter to kind of make people aware of you, I suppose, and, and again, follow you on your blog? Yeah, so I think Twitter really is the key social media platform for Salesforce. And I use it purely for for Salesforce, not for, for personal. Um, and I realized that a lot of people, including Salesforce themselves, were sharing a lot of really great content on Twitter in little bite-sized pieces that I could really absorb, follow links to more in-depth posts. And I found that I was learning a lot from following people. So I started following anyone who had anything to do with Salesforce. So authors of blogs, people that spoke at events, people from Salesforce. Twitter then starts recommending people that you should follow based on who you already follow. And um, I like to think that Twitter is about building a community. It's not about being followed. It's about following and being followed in, in equal measure. And have you sort of got to the point now that, you know, I see that so you get, I get an email from Salesforce Ben and it's like article written by Christine Marshall I'm like here she is again <laughs> how do you how has that come about like how have you sort of now started writing for other um, blog websites well what I love about the community is how it really grows and how it snowballs you meet people they introduce you to other people and I wrote a blog about London's calling so the first year I went to London's calling I was inspired to speak the second year I went to London's calling I had my blog so I wrote about it and the emphasis of that blog was really how to go to an event on your own because I still struggle with that I still struggle to walk into one of these events feeling like a bit of an imposter worrying that I won't know anyone so I gave some tips on on how to do that and Salesforce contacted me and asked if I would write a piece in advance of the world tour uh, which I did top five tips for Salesforce admins at world tours so that was a real privilege and then again, coming back to Inspire East and Paul, who suggested that I should write a blog myself, also connected me to Salesforce Ben, who is Ben and Lucy. Um, he put me in touch and then I ended up writing for them as well. So they say it's all about who you know, and it really is. Fantastic. So blogs are getting out there. You've got your own blog. You're contributing to other sites. You've got great. How many followers have you got on Twitter right now? About 2,800, I think. 2,800, amazing. So what's next? What else are you doing? Because um, I think there's a few other things tucked up your sleeve, isn't there, at the moment? Absolutely. Well, you know, I've worked uh, alongside Supermums for quite a while now, and I'm really excited to keep doing that and keep mentoring with yourself. Um, I also now run the Bristol Salesforce admin group and that's really been growing rapidly. So I'm really excited to keep growing that and make sure that we're supporting as many of the local community as possible. Fantastic. Um, 
London's Calling keeps coming up, but this will be my my third year attending London's Calling, but this year I'll be speaking as well. So that feels very fitting. I feel like London's Calling features in my story quite heavily, and I'm really looking forward to that. And as well as the community events, I'll be supporting with Surfforce. So that's a community event that combines Salesforce, surfing, as well as giving back to the community and the environment. So we do things like do a beach clean, we go surfing together, as well as doing talks about Salesforce. It really mixes lots of things together. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, Salesforce community is so much more than just technical. Um, You know, it's really lovely to see how, you know, people have developed such strong friendships and they get involved in a lot of volunteering stuff and, and activities together. It's you feel that at Dreamforce that people are out there doing um, going out there doing fun activities together as opposed to just doing a Salesforce conference. Um, It's really lovely, isn't it, that you kind of build a whole yes. new friendship group. I mean, it's such a lovely community. I mean, I don't know of any other community like it where people really volunteer and give back. We have such a great time socially, but we're also very conscious about making sure that we're giving back to the community, supporting the environment. I think the Salesforce community does does a lot in general. Absolutely. And I, I think I really echo with you around, you know, that journey of going to events by yourself is really, you know, I was the same. I think when I was starting out as a Salesforce admin, I did the training courses, but I wouldn't have thought about going to any events because I would have found that too intimidating. But I suppose that that's partly what I'm also trying to tackle with Supermums is um, with Supermums, we've got built a community. So, you know, we encourage each other to say, hey, you're going to this event and we can meet there and we'll get some of our team there that can meet with them. Because if they know other people going, they can connect. Yeah. It's something you sort of hold hands with, really, isn't it? <laughs> Be part it. Of that, so. I think that is our responsibility as people who have a voice in the community. It's our responsibility to share our connections and share our experience to make it easier for the next people joining us and part of that is being open and honest about the fact that it's not always easy and that we get nervous and we all get shy and that's okay we don't want things to be intimidating I want other people to come along and know that there'll be someone to talk to and not put it off it took me sort of two three years to start coming to community events and that transformed my love of Salesforce and transformed my social life, my professional life. I'd like to think that other people could join in a bit sooner than I did. Yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, to put that in practice, I suppose, when we were World Tour last year, we got together the super mums after the event and you know you guys were at the same event I think and one of our super dads met with you and some of the other admins and you know he came away glowing from it with like loads of tweets afterwards and I was like it's really nice just to see how people are embedded in that community and to feel like you know we're making that happen we're breaking down those walls and those barriers and people feel like they're connecting and that must be quite nice to be in a role where you're leader of a user group now as well because you know you're leading the admin group so you can encourage more admins to come and make them feel at home right it's kind of going back full circle that's it and I take that bit really seriously having gone to a user group having found it so difficult that I didn't go back for a long time one of the things that I try to do is make sure that I do speak to everyone especially the new people to have a conversation with them and to introduce them to other people there so that when I'm off doing my other responsibilities that they've got people to talk to I actively um, 
find people on LinkedIn, on Twitter that are in the local area so that I can invite them to come so that they know they don't have to be scared. I can tell them what it's all about and reassure them that I'll be there to talk to them because I think getting there, that's that first step is the hardest. So what do you what do you enjoy the most about everything and what benefits have you seen for you personally? Well, I love the fact that when you raise your social profile, you can then automatically reach more people. And then it means that I can do more talks, write more blogs that are open and honest. Um, I hope that people still find them very approachable. I want to be open about the fact that attending events is difficult. I want people to know that even when you have quite a big social profile or when you seem to know a lot of people at these events, it's still scary and it's still intimidating, but you want people to feel that they can approach you. And I guess with that larger audience, I feel like I am connecting with more people and helping them. Hopefully my tips and my tutorials are useful to them. That's the whole point of it. Mm. And it's not just uh, that, you know, personally, I do get a lot out of it. I love speaking. I love teaching and all of these things and running the user group does look very good on my uh, profile. It makes me more desirable to people who are hiring and opportunities have snowballed. It's only from putting my myself out there from being visible consistently being present that people have really thought about me and so a lot of these opportunities have come to me a good example would be the Bristol user group when one of the leaders stepped down I was contacted and I don't think uh, they would have thought of me they wouldn't have known about me if I hadn't been so prevalent in the community so if we reflect for a moment on, you know, our audience are listening, going, oh, wow, that's an amazing story. You know, you're at this point now where you're involved in so many things, you're giving back, you know, which must have a real sense of satisfaction as well. You know, what tips would you give to our audience now if they wanted to start to raise their own profile? What three things would you suggest they do first? I would say keep continuously working on your on yourself on your skills make sure that you are constantly upskilling make sure that you are going out there studying doing those certifications to build up your confidence and go to an event go to your local user group come to a community event even if you haven't been before even if it seems very intimidating take that first step and come to one because you'll go you'll meet people and then actually we're not a huge community so you'll keep seeing us at every single event and soon enough you'll feel like you have friends and it won't feel so scary you'll really look forward to coming to the events and spending time with your friends absolutely and it sounds like twitter's also the place to be isn't it so that's it if you're not ready to come to an event then at least join us on twitter and i think one of the places that i've looked at for you know getting to sort of know who the Salesforce movers and shakers are it's following all the MVPs who are listed on the web on the salesforce.com website they have like all the Twitter handles don't they for the MVPs and they're you know very much influencers in the sector they like helping a lot of people and contributing in different ways so it's a really good place to start isn't it sort of understanding the who's who in the world. Yeah, it's a great place to start. MVPs are MVPs because they're known for giving back, for sharing lots of content, for being really valuable people in the community. So they're a fantastic place to start if you want to follow people on Twitter. Great. Absolutely. So thank you, Christina, so much for joining us on the show. It's been really a pleasure to have you on, on as a guest. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. 
I hope you're now inspired to raise your own profile and feel equipped with some handy tips to move forward. So thanks, Christina. We'll say bye now. Thanks for having me, Heather. Thanks, Christine. Bye for now. Please do tune into our next show to gain some more top tips for developing your career in the tech sector.